You. Are now. About to witness. The awesome. Crushing of might. Of the U. G. S. Robinson. <laughs> the kid's smiling at me. Show. Stop it! <laughs> yeah. I, I'm laughing because the kid is like looking at me. And when I hit the stop or thing to scream, she was like, not sure. Should I cry? Should I, you know? <laughs> so the, the, the lip was trembling, which I imagine maybe all of you, maybe it's the same way. Welcome, my friends, to the show that apparently seemingly never ends. This is one, uh, a four, a four, uh, no, one, uh, a five, four. Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Yeah, it was bad. It was bad. But we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about some other stuff first. But let Bob Riley sing us in like he has since 2007. Stigmata, Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro All of Nothing. Still available from me. You want to get it? I said to you, it's a bargain. But listen, listen well. I'm taking a real good look at you. Real good look at your face. Or being paid back and for always nothing. All right, all right, my friends. Uh, oops, there we go. All right, my friends, we got a packed show, so we're going to start. But first of all, we got a thanks need to go out before we even start the commercials. Thanks need to go out to Johnny G, uh, my, my, my well-lit punum, my well-lit visage is courtesy, courtesy of uh, Johnny G, who couldn't stand the misery I went through with the $11 ring light, so he bought me a, a newer ring light actually that's the name of the company that makes it new where new there and uh it, it looks pretty cool it looks i mean i don't know if you can tell a difference but it, it's not going out every 30 seconds and additionally i haven't had problems online why because i went to home depot and i spent 11 of your dollars on a cable so i could plug right into the into the modem so i don't have any more problems like we had last week because that was totally unacceptable. So you want to know what your what your showstopper dollars are going for? This kind of stuff right here, right now. Look at that. 
Yeah, it looks really good. It looks professional. The wife always tells me, you want to be a professional? You got to look like a professional. So we got high quality. We're up in the ante around here. That's what we're doing. So anyway, uh, commercials, patreon.com slash the stomper or stomperville or the stomp, some variation thereof. If you want to donate, I think I've caught up. I put every show up there except for this one so that uh, I should actually make some money off of it instead of letting that money just fly away because I keep forgetting to post the shows up there because I got a lot of things on my head. That's why. That's why. Uh, uh, our Yahoo or Pinko, P-I-N-K-O 95014 at yahoo.com if you want to PayPal it. All right, there's Cash App and Venmo too, but I don't got the patience to remember all that stuff. Or you could do a, 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 a Johnny G's way, just send me something. Or, of course, you got the, uh, Tommy LB, Tommy Pound, uh, who, who just uses the old-fashioned way. Um, so anyway, here we are, 154. Those are the commercials. And we'll get to the, that stink fest that was last night. But we got, we got a little kerfuffle. We got a little kerfuffle that, that, uh, that, that, uh, that I'd like to address. And, and, but I want to, you, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it show stomp away. So I'm going to start way back and telescope out in the hopes that when we telescope in that, uh, that uh, you know, uh, you have some sort of understanding of how we got there. So uh, you've heard me talk about Booby before. Right. So Booby is a, 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 a grew up in Soviet Georgia. Uh, 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 came to, uh, well, let, let's go back even further. Bully grew up in Soviet Georgia at five years old. I talked about this before. He went to, uh, you know, they had, it was a Soviet system. They had, used to have these sports combines where they roll into towns and they say, bring your, you got a five-year-old kid, you bring your kid to the, to the, to the gymnasium and we'll go from there. Okay, well, you know, Soviets, they say, you know, they say, do it, you do it. So you show up and uh, they run the kids through this battery of test to make a determination about what sport the kid would best be suited for. And so uh, uh, this friend of mine, Booby, shows up, and uh, he's short, stocky, and his, uh, the coaches look at him after they're running all his tests. They say, well, he's not that fast. He's not that flexible, but whatever. Oh, judo, low base center of gravity, judo. So he studies judo. Like, I mean, like, you know, the idea in the Soviet system was you go into the Olympics, you're going to bring fame and glory onto the country. That's just what you do. So he studied judo like a lunatic, right? He, his parents leave. They get out of uh, with uh, Soviet Jewry, uh, escaping uh, crappy, crappy times in, in, in Russia. And he, he gets to, he gets to uh, Coney Island in, in Brooklyn and eventually gets into hardcore punk after doing things like driving an ambulance, sheetrock, construction, all that stuff. And uh, he was one of the first people I met when Whipping Boy drove back uh, and played our, our first tour in like uh, 82, 81 or 82. I always get confused. I'm pretty sure it was 82 uh, at A7 on the Lower East Side. Met him like in the same five-minute period. I met Booby. I met uh, 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 Vinny Stigma who rode up. On, uh, they were on skateboards. Guys, what should not ever be on a skateboard were on skateboards. Both Booby and, and, uh, and Vinny skateboarded up. They go, you the guys from California. They go, yeah, and we've been friends ever since. Um, so, but Booby, a lot of time would come out from Coney Island, and I was in Flatbush. So we, he would say, if I was on the subway, he said, I'm going to be in the in the third car. I'm leaving my house now. Be at the station. So he would go, and we'd time it. I'd hang out in the station there, and he'd stick his head out, and we'd jump in, and then we would uh, ride in. Uh, Pete, whose father used to sing for the coasters, if you remember, 
Pete, uh, he lived on Winthrop a few blocks away. He would, when we all became friends, he said, hey, let's go over the station. We'll meet Bobby. We'll all go in. I used to see Stephen Ielpi from, uh, uh, no, uh, Stephen Ielpi. I can't remember Stephen Ielpi's band. I'm sorry. I used to see him with his little Hitler mustache and his cane with the monkey skull on the top. Used to see him, but we didn't hang with him. Uh, False Prophets. False Prophets was the name of his band. And uh, and so Booby and I had a lot of uh, walkabout time. You know, we'd take the train in and we'd talk. Or sometimes he had this uh, could have been stolen uh, um, station wagon. Woody is what they used to call it with the wood paneling on the side. Monkey shit brown. We would drive in if we got lucky enough. Uh, we had a lot of t- t- talking time uh, together. And at one point, you know, this was the, the, the summer before, a couple of summers before, false prophets, yeah. So a couple of summers before, I was getting just my ass handed to me, you know, like, so probably from 16, 17, 18, getting into street fights, losing street fights. Getting the, yeah, if you read the fight book, you know what I'm talking about. Getting into street fights, losing street fights. You know, the PS de Resistance is what I put in the new Substack newsletter, which you should get, right? Like I put it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the description. Should get that this week, and um, happened out in, in Bay Ridge after a midnight showing of uh, Clash's Rude Boy. You know, boom, me three cousins, hospital visit, the whole thing. My ear, left ear, is still screwed up to this day. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> perfect. Me and Trump. So, um, uh, so my ass happened to me. 16, 17, 18, Even though I was like, that's when I was bodybuilding, and I was like. Uh, um, um, you know, Mr. Mr. Bath Beach, Mr. Bensonhurst. You, you know, I wasn't winning these shows. I was in these shows. But this is when I confused muscles with being able to fight. Even though I took martial arts, I was taking karate on and off since I was 10, boxing at the boys club on and off since I was 10, but not in any great shakes as you get your ass handed to you. So I go off to California, come back and, uh, and start negotiating being a hardcore punk in the Lower East Side, right? In, in 81, 82, lots of, you know, fights, scuffles. Um, and at this point now I'm, I'm tuned up. Like I got three years of getting losses. Now I'm starting to put some W's on the board and I'm like, I'm having a good time. And, uh, uh, Booby at one point was talking to me and I was laying out something about getting into a fight on the subway. You know, if you, if, Hey, if you're riding the subway in 1981 and 1982 and you got on a, a, a Mohawk, and you're in, the, in deep in Brooklyn, people might say some shit to you, right? They might pop off with some stuff. And having spent three years getting beaten up, you decide, you know what? I, I had it with that. I had it with that. No more. And Booby said, no, that, that's stupid. And I go, what do, you, what do you mean that's stupid? He goes, no, 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 Eugene, that's stupid. I go, how, stupid how? And he goes, I'll tell you what. You can say anything you want to me. That's the glory of speech. You say whatever you want to me. You, 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 that's your entitlement. Say whatever you want to me. But you put your hands on me, then I got to kill you. And I thought about that. I thought about that. And I thought, well, you know, let me analyze the 16, 17, 18 years where I was getting my ass handed to me. Problem is, usually what was happening is I was arguing with somebody and they walked up to me. Like, we're talking. Like I said, we're talking, talking. They could say anything, and we're saying anything. And, and, and an aggressive misread of the situation, they walk up to me, and I figure, talky, 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 talk. And then they get this close, and bada, 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 bang, bang, bang. 
I was at a disadvantage for three years straight because I didn't understand the parameters of, of, of street debate debating, street debate teams. So I, I and I kind of mentioned this, and he was like, well, I'm not saying you'd be stupid. And, I, you know, we talked about this idea. It was my idea, this theory of ramping, that language is a good indicator about what's supposed to happen next. If you ignore it, you do so at your own peril. But at the same time, people should be entitled to say whatever they want to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, they put your hands on you. So, so, I, so, I, so I sort of, to a certain degree, uh, embrace that, right? I embrace it. And you've heard me say on this show before, hey, it's always been nice to me. He's always been nice to me. Flash forward a few weeks. I'm in, uh, um, um, uh, Pete and I, Pete, whose father used to sing for the coasters, not the deep voice, the high voice, Pete, who went to the Marines, went to Lebanon, almost got blown up. Haven't seen him since then, but good guy. So Pete says, uh, uh, and you may, can't Donald Shalala me on my own show. Pete's grousing one night at the club. And I was like, well, we're at CB's. And he said, what's the problem? He goes, like, oh, man, these fucking new. And I said, what's the problem? And apparently he had overheard one of, you know, the, one of the people that we considered part of the scene. Uh, CB's at that point was right at the basement of a, of a, a single room SRO, single room occupancy hotel full of where Vinny Stigma smashed the guy's eyeball after they knocked the guy's eyeball out and smashed it. It was full of homeless people. But you got to understand the nature of New York and, and New York's Bowery. Um, the homeless situation, like, it's weird. Like I tell you, when I went to Canada, when I went to Vancouver, the first thing I noticed is like, there's a lot of homeless people here and not a single one is black. <laughs> well, funny. They were all like Native Americans or in, the, in Canada, First Nations people. So back then in the 80s, you, you had, there was a fair distribution of white winos, Puerto Rican winos, Asian winos, African American. It wasn't, the, the hue hadn't changed. However, one of these kids, bridge and tunnel kids from Brooklyn or God knows where, you know, made some comment about one of the homeless people. Pete wouldn't repeat it to me. So I don't know what was said. In the spirit of journalism, I can't repeat what I don't know what was said. I'm guessing racial invective was used. Right. And I said, man, I don't come here for friends. I come here for the music. And, and you know, these guys, are, they are as they are. Have you ever looked at a cow and wondered whether it was a cow or not? I never expected anything else from these guys. Pete kind of shook his head. And last time I talked to him in a real conversation, he was talking about life in the military. And he was talking about how tribal-wise, it became city guys versus country guys. And they would give blanket parties to the country guys, throw a blanket over him and beat the guy with, with, uh, uh, with socks filled with soap, bars of soap. And then the country guys would grab a city guy and get him and, and screw him. <laughs> different tribalism. They're just different, different kind of tribalism. So then at one point, I was remembering that somebody had said something. They had said um, a Republican, a Republican is a Democrat who's been mugged. And I go, oh, that's funny. But then there's this whole strain of left, of formerly lefty people who have made a transition 
to being really rapidly writing. And, and, you know, and, and they would say, they would say, no, you got me wrong from the beginning. Let's go down the list. Victoria Jackson, Saturday Night Live. Dennis Miller, also Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live. Uh, who am I missing? There, um, there, there were a few, uh, a few other, uh, other cats who, uh, Exene Trevanka uh, from X. And there, there are a few other, and I go, well, they've either been this way the whole time, or they made some sort of weird transition. They, they, did they get mugged in some way? Did they get mugged in some way for their sympathies to change? And then, then I start to think, okay, how many times, how many times could I, I, if I am walking down the street and I get attacked by a guy in a red sweater, that would be pretty bad. If I'm walking down the street again and I see another guy, but also wearing a red sweater, I wouldn't think anything of it. Unless and until he also attacked me. That's two guys in red sweaters that have attacked me. Hmm. Two guys in red sweaters. All right. Three or four guys in red sweaters that attacked me. Plus, I start hearing maybe on my favorite TV network about other people who have been attacked by people in red sweaters. I might have at that point an emotional basis for developing a bias. Like when I left New York, the first person in life that I had, well, not, the first school friend that I had as a friend was a kid named Louis DeLuca. It's up in New Rochelle when I was five after my parents got divorced. They, we had such a great friendship, they wrote about it in the newspaper. Okay, by the time I left New York at 18, I had become like Paul Kersey, the, 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 um, the hold on, let me, let me uh, yeah, Billy Zoom too. Let me uh, turn down the baby monitor because the kid's screaming is gonna drive me crazy. So hold on one second, turn the monitor down. I keep leaving the volume off. All right. Monitor is down. So it was turning me into Paul Kersey. Yeah, Billy Zoom. I don't know but, but about Billy Zoom, but hold on, here's a mic. I don't know about Billy Zoom, but yeah, him too. Why not? So, but by the time I had left New York, I was turned into Paul Kersey, uh, uh, Charles Bronson's character in uh, in uh, Death Wish. I know this because I uh, I'm there on tour, that same tour where I met Vinny Stigma, and Boogie, and a bunch of other people. You know, Keith Burkhart uh, from Cause, uh, uh, Cause for Alarm. John Watson, you know, the whole Lower East Side crew, Ray, Rabies, Warzone. So uh, Steve and I go down to Chinatown. We just, I'm sure he's never been to New York. Steve, uh, Whipping Boy's guitar player. And we're walking around and uh, uh, we're going by a train station and there's some cuisines. It's like an Italian version of Cholo, like John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever, right? And they're selling fireworks by the train station. You can't, Donna Shalala, I know you heard it before, but we're going to a different place with it. 
And the kids are just selling it. And I just stand there and I'm having this kind of like psychotic fugue because every single fight that I've gotten into for the past three years where I was getting my ass handed to me, it's been by groups, uh, 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 clatches of cuisines. So I'm just standing there by the subway looking at the guy. And Steve goes, what are you doing? I go, look at that guy. Steve goes, yeah, he's selling fireworks. I go, no, that guy's a fucking, that guy's a piece of shit. I could tell. Because it's just a kid selling fireworks, man. Go, nah, nah. Then it's like, like Bernard Getz, who shot those kids on the subway, he said, I could look in their eyes and I knew what was in their heart. If you were on a New York City subway, you knew what he was talking about. Interviewing Anton LaVey at one point where he was telling me, he was talking about phenotypes. And he's like trying to convince me that he didn't believe that what the Nazis had done was smart because they, 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 they siloed their phenotypes. Right. But he, you know, he's like, you can't just focus on one ethnicity or one race, you know, but people adhere in his mind to animal phenotypes. Right. So let's say hyenas. You got the look in the face. These are carrion eaters. They eat dead things. Well, most of you eat dead things, too. I eat dead fish. So you understood what Getz was talking about, but you can't go there. And that's fundamentally what Steve said. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. I go from having the best friendship that, so that the newspapers wrote about it to, to like almost like stabbing some guy to death because, uh, you know, I mean, no, I was just going to beat him up. But, you know. And, of course, one of my better friends right now is his is, is, is last name Russo from Philly. <laughs> It's a cycle. It's a cycle. So, so I say this because suddenly on the Twitter machine, if you pay attention, if you follow me on at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, there's a there's some kind of kerfuffle, you know, and and I haven't really figured out Twitter yet. If you haven't figured that out, like I don't know what I'm seeing. If I sent it, who sent it? What happens when I retweet it? What happens when somebody hashtags me? Don't try to explain it to me. It's pointless, hopeless, and worthless. I don't want to know. I will not retain it. That's all I'm telling you right now. I think I'm doing it right about 40% of the time, and about 60% of the time, it's a shot in the dark. It's a miracle. I haven't been canceled yet. I don't know. But uh, let's go through, uh, um, let, and I, I, I can't find it, but apparently uh, somebody who is a listener to this show and who follows me on Twitter, um, let me see if I can find his name. I, I can never find it when I want to find it. He's got a big MMA site. Uh, I'm going blind here. Uh, let, me, let me see if I can do it this way. Like I said, I, I can figure out what's going on here about half the time. About the other, like like now, I'm just in the dark. Okay, here we go. Profile. All right. And then his name is, uh, I got to get through all the Trump, uh, Roger Stone dancing crap. Um, uh, Whipping Boy was in Rolling Stone. That was a nice surprise. Uh, people complaining about the fights. Um, nah, I... I I, 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 hold on, hold on. Hey, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. I, oh, no, I can't. I just liked my own thing. That's not what I mean. 
<laughs> well, I can't find it. Anyway, Cat's name is like Munch MMA or something. He's got like 10,000. Follows the show. And uh, he gets into, this was brought to my attention by, uh, uh, I don't know that he, he wants to, his name mentioned, uh, but his, his screen name on Twitter is uh, uh, Black Lives Matter. Used to drum for the band Tombs. Right? I guess that pretty much gave it away, but I don't know that he wants to be participate in the show to this great extent. And then um, our friend from uh, uh, Gina, our friend from uh, uh, Brooke, another Brooklyn MMA fan, um, Cats Latino. She's African American. They have an, They send to me or include me on an exchange where uh, a dude was saying, "Like, I learned all all uh, I need to know about Black history when my my stepfather." Uh, beat me into unconsciousness while my mother screamed, um, my mother screamed, um, don't kill him. Million stories in the naked city. So somebody says, uh, somebody calls him on it and to the extent of, are you, are you, are you black yourself? I don't know. I'm a passive participant. I, I, I'm sitting there. It's like a tennis match. I'm watching this back and forth. I think I'm understanding it right. Or are you are you black yourself? And and the person who writes it sends a picture of himself. And Munch now or Munch MMA now, Munch, I can't even remember. I can't find it. Responds to the picture and says, you are one ugly nigger. Out of the words I use, like I never use that word. Even when I'm singing hip hop, never use that word. You see, it sounds strange coming off my mouth. Words with that double G sound, you trigger, you know, it's, 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 it's a harsh sound. Never use it. I never use it. So he says in response to the guy who sent the picture, and so uh, people say, you know what, just goes to show you can't. You think you know somebody, you, you, don't, you, don't, you, you don't know. So that's so. Put a pin on that one, like Roger says. Put a pin on that one for a second. Second input is all, all over the news this week. Uh, Bruce Springsteen, who I understand to be a fairly good guy, people seem to like him, and has this new podcast with uh, Barack Obama. Also seems to be a good guy. People like him. A podcast called Renegade Something Born in the USA. Renegade because apparently that was Obama's uh, Secret Service nickname and Born in the USA because of Bruce Springsteen Born in the USA. And Obama talks about the first time that somebody called him a nigger and is during a basketball game and he broke the guy's nose. Put a pin in that. Friend of mine interviews me for an article uh, on some great website where they interview a bunch of like, Hotshot artist. I can't remember what it's called, but it was Jay Bennett who interviews me. And uh, it was a long interview about my role as an artist and musician. But uh... So then later, I'm sitting around reading Decibel. And this is the new Decibel. This is the new Decibel. I got the back page piece on, on my Robert Plant story. And I had to tell you, it just made me laugh. It just made me laugh to read it. It's not online. You got to actually go buy the magazine. It's It's... I hate to say it's about my own stuff. It sounds weird, but it's a, that's actually a very funny piece because I write it and I forget, and then I read it. And I go, "That's funny." So put a pin. So Jay, uh, I, I'm picking up my my favorite the metal magazine, sitting reading it, 
he's interviewing an African-American uh, heavy metal female artist. And he gets to he gets to the topic of race and he says he gets kind of frustrated. He's talking about a friend of his who's in a band and I try to engage him in conversations of race. And he doesn't he doesn't you know, he won't pick up. And I was like, huh, I know who that friend is. And that's me. And I was like, you know what? I, I guess I guess I finally need to address it. I guess I did a piece for the Grio uh, on race. And they liked it so much that after they ran it, they pulled it. <laughs> like they didn't want to really piss me off, and so they ran it. And then, but then they pulled it. So it's like I don't even remember. I, I'm glad they pulled it because I don't even remember what I said except to say, like like uh, Travis Bickle and Taxi Driver when you know puts his hand across Daisy's desk. There's no reality to any of this. That's kind of what I said. But I had to address it. So if you go to Eugene S. Robinson dot Substack dot, uh, uh, what the hell is it? You I put it in the I put it in the in the in the in the description. Just go go there. The new newsletter is there, and I talk about the six times to my face that people have have, have and I don't use the N word because we're not children. And uh, it's an interest. It's an interesting journey. So it puts me in a situation now with Munch where, um, where a couple things have to happen, right? I mean, I can't make a decision based on the information I have. I also don't police all 3,600, 2,785, all the people who I follow who follow me on Twitter. I don't, the social media to me is a necessary evil to a certain regard, and it allows me to communicate and be communicated with, right? But I don't have enough information. So do I go, it seems to me unseemly that I should ask a guy. Why? Because like I told Pete, you don't fuck what those guys think. They have thirty six hundred of the rest of you on 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 the, on the Twitter machine. I don't I don't know or care what they think. Say so, well, you know what? But I I don't need to. That there should be some punishment or sanction. Booby said it best. Say whatever you want. So you put your hands on me, and then I have a lot of things to weigh in the balance. All right? Always nice to me. Still works. Charles Manson. Always nice to me doesn't mean he's a good guy. Was always nice to me in our in our brief time together. <laughs> Anton LaVey, always nice to me in our brief time together. Were these people always nice to other people? I heard that they weren't, but all I know is that they were nice to me. So at what point do you set down a boundary and draw a sanction? So I take six instances, six instances where people called me nigger to my face. And I have six different responses. And that's what the newsletter is about. And I have to say this uh, Springsteen Obama show, and I mentioned this in the piece I write, these people, these two men seem out of time. It somehow seems out of time. I have to say the only post-presidential career that I've really enjoyed has been Jimmy Carter's. He didn't, he wasn't the greatest president, 
but his post-presidential career has killed Habitat for Humanity. And I've heard mixed things. Oh, you know, they built the house, but the house was a piece of crap. It fell apart. I know, hey, you know what you had before? You had zero. I would rather have a piece of crap house than a zero house. You could sign up for the newsletter. It's in the it's in the it's in the in the description. Somebody recopy it down below. You should be getting it. Because these are stories that Ozzy won't publish. These are stories I haven't told or put in any book. Nobody else is going to write it. <laughs> uh, uh, Miss Tech, uh, well, she's in. She's still in Chicago, I think. And she's got her own. Well, um, I don't. She's thinking about doing another show. Anyway, I'm taking my socks off. If you must know. So, 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 uh, you know, how, how do you proceed? And more importantly, what I want to say to Pete that night is, what do you think that these guys, you think, what do you expect that these guys are going to be like, what, what, like, uh, bag hammer scold? Go, go to Tony Montana. Who do I trust? Me. That's who, that's who I trust. These guys. So, uh, so of course, the article comes out and Munch MMA, Munch Now, or M Space Uench. Uh, I don't, I can't find the guy. He's there. He he liked it, retweeted it. Is he an African American? Is he Colombian? Is he white? Is he Anglo? Is he a racist? Is it? I don't know. I still maintain associations with people who most people considered to be aggressive pieces of shit. G Gavin McInnes, I talked to for this piece I wrote about him, like when did he lose his mind, interviewed him. And he, he had some, he had a factual, he goes, you know, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't fired from vice. Okay. So I, I, I changed it. And he goes, you know, make the change. Okay, I'll make the change. And you know, there's a system where you want to make a change on Ozzy. You got to go through his rigmarole. And he texts me a little bit later. He goes, it's still up there. You un something. I could just find out what he said. Are you un. <laughs> it was very funny the way he worded it. You unmitigated retard. <laughs> I think. Let me see if I can find it. I'll read it to you. <laughs> what, he, what he said. Uh, Gavin. Uh, right there. Uh it's still up, you unbelievable retard. <laughs> I, this guy's a piece of shit. <laughs> and that's why I tell him, I think I wrote it back, I go, you fucking piece of shit, the web is not magic, relax. It's like, I don't have to share a drink, I don't have to share break, break bread, I don't have to trust my kids with this guy. He, he's entitled to have whatever wild ideas he has. The fact of the matter is, I just don't care. I just don't care. I, I'd like to care. I don't. That's what somebody will say, Eugene, do you have, you know, you give your phone number out to people, you put it on all the Oxbow CDs, you know, it's the, you know, your email. And I said, well, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna crank King Crank. 
what do I care? A buddy of mine, he glommed onto a phrase that I have talking about uh, uh, sexual comportment. I said, you know, the only way to rack up numbers like we've got, panic-fueled. Panic-fueled. If you don't realize, if you, you think you got time, you do not have time. I have to apportion out my time based on the amount of time that I think I've got. Time, time, time. I cannot waste it with this stuff. I cannot waste it. Can't. I cannot. So um, so all I can do at that point is, I think this is the right way to do it, to retweet. Let y'all figure it out. Like Michael Jira says, on, on he, record, he recorded, uh, ran on one of his Angels of, of Light record, a record, uh, a song, an uh, argument that he had had with Jarbo. And he's clearly inebriated. And he says, uh, he says uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. You figure it out. You figure it out. Go get money. They, they were having a discussion about money. Most couples are arguing about money. You, you, you figure it out. You go, you go figure it out. You go figure it out. So you got, I'll retweet it and you go figure it out. Speaking of retweeting, ooh, the segue is so so beautiful, so nice. <laughs> Johnny Boney Joni's retweet from last night really put a thumb on the scale. That's, maybe that's not the analogy I want, but really put a nice framework around, around that fight last night. And if you watch Care Don't Care tomorrow, you see Steph and I, we recorded it earlier today. Steph and I got into it because she was like, you you are an idiot for blaming Cyril Gan for that fight. Like, who else am I going to blame? The only other person I could possibly blame would be Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. There's nobody else to blame for that. The most important person to 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 you in the world for that 25 minutes is that the, the other person in the cage with you who's not fully dressed. She was like, he knew he was ahead. Why do something rash? And now she said she wants to blame the win show bonus. So yeah, so you know he gets more, he gets half of his purses that he's got to win. It it encourages caution. I go, yeah, this was a fight that I always talk about. There were no winners from this fight. This was a lose lose proposition. Zinho is diminished because you don't really give a crap about what happens to him. You take this exciting banger, great video reel. And you put him against this, you know, exciting uh, 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 technician, and they both shit the bed, diminished. You in your fantasy MMA league, who do you want to see Cyril Gon fight next? I can't think of anybody. Who do you want to see your Zinho? Well, I'm always gonna edge for the bangers. I mean, you know, play it safe, win the fight, good for you. Don't want to see it again. And then she goes, well, you know, the bald one, you know, he hates fights like that too. And I was like, oh, I can't believe I'm on the same page with this guy. But in this instance, she said, well, what would you re have recommended that he do? He won the fight in a convincing fashion. What would you, you know, uh, uh, what would you recommend that he do? I said, well, I, I would recommend that he would use all of his prodigious skill and talent and knock your Zinho out. That, that, at the very least, 
Well, he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to do that to win the fight. He didn't have to be faster than the bear. He just had to be faster than Yarzinho, and he was. Good, good. So the wind reaped the whirlwind. Everybody hates him now. She goes, well, they're idiots. I go, okay. So I hate him too. She goes, you're an idiot. You have a short, you got the memory of a goldfish. How can you not remember that super exciting fight he fought against Dos Santos? Oh, I go, you mean the depleted Dos Santos who uh, who, who gave up, questioned the, the back of the and, and gang, gone commiserated and said, yeah, I think maybe I hit him too behind the head. Listen, John, I never got in the sense that Johnny Boney Joni has, has dipped into one fight maybe where he dipped down to 65%. And that was the first one that he had to pull out against Gustafson where he wasn't taking it seriously. But usually I see him dialing it. So if Gon is good enough to kind of deliver wins with 50%, 47% power ratio, good. But there's a difference between a Johnny Boney Joni who you know, if he cranks it up from 45 to 53, can, can show you some stuff that will change your life. And Cyril Gan, who's just a guy we heard rumors about. She goes, yeah, well, he's only seven fights in. You know, you got to give the guy. I don't, I don't got a nothing. I don't got a nothing. Guy's a guy. Head, put him on a headline fight again and see if I tune in. Pay-per-view. See how that works. It's not. And I did a piece for Chris Reaney on uh, on um, on uh, Johnny Boney Joni and uh, and Daniel Cormier, and uh, I know I sound kind of prickish when I say this, but it's a great piece. I'm super excited about it. I didn't hear from Chris Reaney for a while after after I submitted the piece to him. I was like, man, maybe dude hates it. I, maybe that'll be the next newsletter. He's like, no, no, you know, I've been going. There's been difficulties, but you know. Yeah, I, I like it and I'm going to use it. Okay, that's good because you paid for it, so you should use it. He goes, I can't wait to send you the book. I go, I'm looking forward to it. So Johnny Bonagioni texts, he says, boys, you, gotta, you, you know, it's like, I left you a good division. Don't run this thing into the ground. We're going to need some more action. What are you doing? And we've been seeing that a lot. This whole fight was a lot of that. Like Nick Diaz said, if you think laying on your problems for 25 minutes is a solution, go ahead. Shoot in, get the guy, and then they let you do it for four minutes trying to hold somebody against the fence, trying to convert it into a takedown. What can I say? What can I say? What can I say? That was terrible. That was actually terrible. I'm sorry. I dis- I, you know, friends can disagree. I disagree with Steph. There was nothing in that fight that recommends me being interested in anything that these guys should do. I'll tell you what, the next time they fight, let them fight, and then, then you let me know afterward because I got something better to do with my Saturday night. Of course, we can write this whole thing off. We can write this whole thing off because it was all, in essence, a commercial for next week which is a huge fight, huge, crazy, crazy, you know, and I say that, I say that, and we went through the card on on Care Don't Care, there are 15 fights on the card, in the end, you know how many fights I cared about? Four. So it's just, you know, fundamentally, all the championship fights, the three championship fights I care about, but the others that are on the card are kind of soft. But Johnny Boney Joni, let's let's keep it the Johnny. Let's keep it the Johnny uh, 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 Johnny Boney Joni. 
He's putting up videos of him hitting mitts. You got to remember what the Diaz has once said. You know, the fight begins when when you're in my weight class. <laughs> you know, I'd be backstage at a pre-fight or post-fight presser at when they, he when Strikeforce was existing, and I watch Nick, uh, uh, sta- you know, stare at anybody in his weight division, just mad dog him. Am I fighting him? I don't know. He's in my division. Could be mad dog him. The fight start. The, the the winner of the fight starts winning that fight way before they actually raise their hand. So Johnny Boney Joni puts 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 video up of him, you know, lifting heavy weights, doing pad work, looking slow. You actually believe that he put that up because he wanted you to see how strong and how fast he was. <laughs> Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I think it's all a misdirection. I think it's all. I don't. I, I. It's not outside of the realm. Now that you have these new iPhones, it's not outside of the realm that they would have filmed it at like one point five and then replayed it back slower. I don't believe any of it. Any of it. Any of it. I mean, you don't actually expect you don't actually expect Johnny Bonnie Joni to, to 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 half-ass his entry into into heavyweight, do you? You don't really expect that. He made he's a sensation addict, and the reality of it is he made the transition to heavyweight because he was chasing the thrill that he got in the beginning that ceased being an issue or a factor for him in light heavy. He was just he was just a landlord in light heavy. Like I talk about in the Chris Reaney piece, he is now, he is now, I go biblical. I go Old Testament on it. The thing with Daniel Cormier doesn't happen. He doesn't do it. Maybe sensation, chase it. Yes, no, at this point, he's got more money than he ever imagined. He's friends with celebrities. What? He doesn't need to. My favorite video is when they're interviewing something, making the rounds. It's, um, uh, yeah, yeah. the guy's interviewing George, George St. Pierre goes, are you guys hanging out? He's like, yeah, I'm not George St. Pierre. I'm hanging out. And he goes, well, you and John Jones, are you hanging out together? And he goes, where, where is, he? is he John Jones? Is he right here? And he's like, hey, Jones. And Jones turns around. He goes, and he introduces him. And Jones like turns and looks at, 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 at GSP. And they're like, oh, <laughs> it was great. It was a great, I've watched it like 18, it got me off of the, the, the Pennsylvania snow shovel shooting as something I've been like watching obsessively. So I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't think that's the intent. I think, you know, like, like any good addict, it's to, to chase that first high, all of it. I think you're going to get the best version of, of him that's that's ever that like there won't be any like gonna gonna miss the landing pad it'll be too short gonna be too far out don't think they're gonna be any, he's had plenty of time to plan plenty of time to wait plenty of time to train and do not believe anything you see not a single thing that's the okie doke baby that's the okie doke you fall for that woe betide you I mean, 
I, you know, and at this point, again, the way he's opened the door into his skill set has been so special that you have no idea what he's going to do, whether it's a Greco-Roman, whether it's the wrestling, whether it's the elbows, you have no idea. You have no idea how he's going to act, how he, how he can move, given the extra weight. You have no idea. He's, you, you know what he wants you to know, and he doesn't want you to know everything. That's why we're here. He is still a big, uh, a big X, and it's a big X. And it's not just to make Cormier miserable, even though I think that's largely part of it. It's intense if you think about it. And I break it down to Chris Reaney because I don't know when his book is going to be out, but I'm honored that he asked me to be a part of it. And I was glad to write that chapter. Other fights on the card? Okay, well, you know, Jimmy Rivera and, and Pedro Munoz, I picked Rivera to win. He lost. It was a good fight. Good fight, good fight, good fight. However, I want to say, Suddenly, like I, I talk about on Care Don't Care, is it like you know you have a friend who buys a red car and then all of a sudden you see red cars? Has everybody forgotten to check with that lead leg? Or more uh, significantly, is everybody now seeing that the success Poirier had, employing that, using that on the lead lead leg? So is. Are, are more people using that lead leg strike or are more people failing to check that lead leg strike? In other words, the same number of kicks, but just more people. I haven't really been able to figure it out. And I don't know how Jimmy Rivera wasn't able to figure it out. I, it's, it's a complete and total mystery to me how he ruined, ruined my night. Yeah, this was my worst pick yet. I think I got one. one I was underwater. Under 500. One right, two wrong. But for the life of me, I can't remember. I can't remember. I think I got in. Uh, 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 I got in. Oh, I picked Krylov, even though he was an aggressive underdog. Uh, but I, I just liked him. And, and, and But, you know, even he, that was like a really super questionable, questionable fight. Uh, questionable, uh, and uh, I, I, questionable. I don't mean in, in a normal circumstance of questionable. I just mean that that was, you know, it, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say that the problems with this fight redounded to the matchmaking. You put bangers with bangers, technicians against technicians, and only when you absolutely are forced to have to, uh, uh, forced to have to. This goes out to Sean Shelby, also known as Keith. Only then do you do you do you mix it up. And sometimes you have it does you know you take a banger like Costa against Israel Ansaya, uh, a technician, and you got a great fight. That was a great fight, fantastical, really nice. But this thing with Gan, I mean, the only way you do this is to put Gan against somebody. Um, Oh, I can't even think of like in in heavyweight who you'd put him against. Who you who you would care? Still, and he submitted a bunch of people, so it's not like he doesn't know the ground stuff. So it's not like you say, "Well, man, you're finna see him in really good." If I could get him against Stipe, ah, forget about that. That guy's not sniffing anywhere near there. We, he's got about three years left, or sooner if he proves himself in a significant way. But that stunk up the joint.
I call it the Uriah Hall syndrome. Speaking of which, Uriah Hall, apparently he's going to be fighting Chris Weidman coming up. I forgot that. And then I was reminded, and now I can't remember when it is. I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited about this matchup. There's certain things that can happen down market that you just find inexplicably exciting, and that is one of them. But the card, the card stunk. And and they're not all supposed to be great. But look, if you have 15, you, you have 15 fights in the card. I had six cares going in. We lost three fights due to COVID, which means three fights that I cared about. And then the, some of those fights I was seeing like with Krylov, and he was guilty of it too, doing the Phil Hawes thing, laying on your problems for 25 minutes, hugging the guys against the cage. Uh, I'm not digging on that. You got to remember with the shutdown here, you know, you got, I got a seven month old. I got, I don't give a shit about the fights. These things have to be, they got to be, I need some, I, it's got to be worthwhile. I don't, I don't even like having using my phone around my kid. I see all these parents in the supermarket out in the park, bare faces buried in their phones, but the kid is like, the kid is just like, okay, I got it. I got it. Your magical invisible friends are more important than what's happened here. Don't come to me when I'm 17 and want shit. How's it going? You never talk to me. Yeah, you know what? You had plenty of time to talk to me. <laughs> yeah. This was a bad drug. This was a bad, bad drug. MMA or the drugs that we take, this was bad. This is when I go find the guy who dealt it to me. I was like, yo, I want my money back. He's like, yeah, you, you got this one for free. Free nothing. I want my money back. You should pay me to watch that slop. Two exciting fights on the card. I don't, I don't, I don't know. And then, I mean, some of the, who was the, uh, the, the women, there were a couple women fight. I mean, you, the, I'm not saying the whole, I mean, what a stink. If you have 15 fights in the card, maybe four drop out, so you have nine or 11. Sorry, bad with the numbers. You have 11, and of those, I only cared about three. So I'm half watching the others. Nobody's tweeting at me like, yeah, hey, Eugene, you really need to see. I saw that guy, Lawrence. I saw that one. I finally saw that one That because Steph talked about that. And that was pretty good. I'm not dragging my ass in front of the screen to see it now or next time, though. Yeah, Alex Kessels. You know, I've been a long-time booster, way back from when it was Knuckle Up. Interviewed his brother on the show. And I think there's new dance, like I said, dance the old dame yet. I think he's got, you know, he's got a mid-career, mid-career revival. Kid's been fighting since he was like 18. He's 32 now. And that's a pretty good career. And he's actually been putting together a style and a string of wins. But, yeah. But maybe this is just, you know, maybe this is like, uh, it's a setup. Maybe it's a setup. Maybe it's a Johnny Boney, Johnny-esque setup. Under-deliver, over-deliver next weekend. It's the wife's birthday. I don't think she's excited to, doesn't give a crap about how exciting the, the main card is. But it's exciting. It's a tribute to her. 
37 years on the planet. But I, 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 you know, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think maybe you need to give Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, you need to give him a vacation. Dude needs a vacation. I, I can't imagine that any of these jobs are easy. I can't imagine that any of us would do any better jobs in those jobs. I can't imagine. However, it is your job. <laughs> in other words, you can't suck as bad as I would. They don't pay me to make the fight choices, but they do pay you. And if you're not doing the job, I used to have this great saying, if you get paid to mop, but you do no mopping, you're a rich man. That's it. Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, you're not going to make the fight picks. What can I tell you? Don't, don't, you know, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Don't take the cash if you're not going to make the dash. I'm trying to think like the guy from my friend AC from Crime Faces. He's good with that. Um, I, I will cheat, care, don't care, and tell you right away that I picked uh, Israel. I hated to do it. I, I, and I, and I, 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 welcome being, I welcome being ushered into Chuck Liddell's zone with Jan Blahovitz because I picked against him despite him being the home team twice. And he showed me wrong twice. You can't bet against Poland. I know, I know, I know. But the narrative between behind Izzy winning, it's even the jungle wants that. Yeah, I know the home team curse, but even the jungle wants it. Why? Because you know you want to see the technician go against the tech. And I don't even consider John, Johnny Boney Joni a technician. I see him as being touched by God force of nature, but you want to see this up against a technician. You want to see Apollo fight back. And I'm not talking about Apollo Creed. I'm talking about the God from which we get the word Apollonian order, order and progress. That's great. I love that that's Brazil's national slogan. <laughs> she showed me one thing that's ordered or, or progressive in Brazil, man. Soral sent me a picture of the airport in Brazil, and there was a, there was a protesters there. They had a sign up that said, welcome to hell. <laughs> this is your Brazil. <laughs> this is your Brazil. So I, 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 yeah, I, uh, I made my picks. I picked Izzy, and I picked uh, Petri Jan. Um, I can't remember... I can't remember my other picks, but Steph writes them down and we can talk about it next week. But as always, I'm an adventurous gambler. Yeah, yeah, that's an Apollonian. I don't want people to start thinking, why is he talking about Purple Rain? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 thank you. I picked Nunes. Nunes. Amanda, I just said, um, you know, <laughs> it was just a gimme. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. I would actually like to put ten dollars on 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 uh, Megan Megan and Anderson, Mister Anderson. But I think that would be unwise to do. Unwise to do. <laughs> touched by a janitor. I had some friends in a band touched by a janitor. <laughs> you know, there's only one person that that that, that touched me unbidden. And this is the perfect end to the show. It's a friend of mine. We were racing upstairs uh, in high school. We start downstairs and race up five or six flights of stairs. She was the winner, and I was beating him. 
one day. I was ahead of him. And he goofed me. And I attacked him. <laughs> uh, we wrestled on the stairwell there, books flying all over until I got them out. And then I knew I wasn't going to punch my friend. And so we just grabbed our backpacks and kept going. And I was like, why? That was a weird reaction. Why did I have that reaction? I mean, I had plenty of gay friends. I didn't feel fairly secure in my masculinity. I didn't feel like, you know. And and I think in the end, I came to the conclusion that my version of reality was as close to objective as I thought it could be. And by goosing me, you've given me an indication that your version of reality is grossly at odds with mine. And as a public service, I had to get you to see the light. And of course, it wasn't just words. He'd actually put his hands on me. So once again, like Booby said, say whatever you want. You put your hands on me, it's all over. Now you'll say, Eugene, you're full of shit. You're you're a hypocrite because you've actually you've actually blocked people for just using words. I block dumbasses, I block welchers. And if you try to set up and sell in my shop, I'm going to block you. That's commerce. Very different. I fully welcome my, I have a friend, Leo LaPreta, a doctor in Texas. He's always hit me with, with this Trump shit. I go, isn't there a place you go, you can go where people who share your sympathies collect, congregate? Because sending me these little memes and these jokes is really pointless. You're a doctor. You have better things to do. Or are you trying to create a situation where I really dislike you? I, you tell me. He says, oh, okay, I thought you'd think they were funny. I go, man, I thought they were funny four years ago. But it's the same joke. It's wasting my time. He's like, okay, okay. I was like, okay, okay. And that brings us to the conclusion of one, a five, a four of the Eugene S. Robinson show stomper. Go to the Substack. Yeah, let me, because uh, I, I know I know that some of you are not going to look in the thing. Yeah, I just do it again. Excuse me for for Johnny G, because I owe him because he gave me this nice, beautiful light. There you go. Read it. So anyway, we'll see if the picks bore it. So next week is a huge fight. Try to live to see it, please. Monday afternoon at, at noon or thereabouts, Care Don't Care goes live. We're all a little bit salty. We got about 37 minutes to talk out of that fight, though. So we went into some sort of depth. That crap-ass fight that we all just saw. Tuesday night, John Nash repeats on uh, uh, If the Shoes Fit. Uh, this week, I got a couple. I got whiskey coffee, and I got another daily dose. Ozzy, I think my one last week was on. Bad dreams and uh, 
and punk rock. I don't know what it is. And next week it's uh, sports that can kill you and some other stuff. Don't remember. Deal with it later. At Eugene S. Robinson on the Twitter machine. Mr. Sleep 3, but if you're blocked and I can't see into your place, I can't let you in. I can't. I can't. Can't play that game. Until then, the kid is sleeping again, so you're going to understand I have limitations. Look what you made me do.